My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly, and I am here today with Sarah Histand. Um, she is with Mind and Mountain and is a mental health informed adventure fitness trainer. Uh, today, we're going to be our theme that we're going to be talking about is mindfulness in the mountains and, and just nature in general. And also talking about one of my very favorite things, adventure sports and being out in these really difficult situations and not only what that does for us to expand our consciousness, but also what it does for us to teach us how to be more present with ourselves. Um, as Sarah mentioned before the show, it's also about nervous system communication and regulation. It's, it's a, a wonderful teacher to put ourselves into adventurous situations that may be a little scary, but then also be able to comfort ourselves and, and be safe in that as well. So um, it's definitely therapeutic. Sarah knows all about that. So welcome, Sarah, to the show, and thanks for being here today. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing well and really looking forward to this conversation. Cool. Me too. Me too. So um, so I did my best job introducing you and what you do, but in your words, um, what is it that that you do for people in your company, Mind and Mountain? Well, we try to help People, it's mostly mostly women in my community um, and non-binary non folks um, really set themselves up for success for with their outdoor time. Um, and that often means building strength, physical strength, um, and also mental strength. So we think about training for the backcountry in a way that partners with your nervous system and with your mental health so that when we are outside in the challenging situations that nature throws your way, whether it's just like crappy weather or heart, like a steeper trail than you expected or some other unforeseen hurdle, that you have both the resiliency in your body and in your mind to cope with the situation and come out of feeling empowered from that experience. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's in that's so important and something that I found in my skydiving journey too. That I share a bit uh, online. Uh, you know, I'm this woo woo kind of mystical, intuitive, but also, hey, I like to jump out of planes or or dive in the water. Um, and to me, it's you know, not a lot of people I I know personally, other than the, the people I've met in those sports, like to do it. And that you know, it's kind of like I'm glad to watch you do it. But <laughs> the reason the reason why is exactly what you said. As a highly sensitive person. I found those those activities really helped me go into extreme situations to learn how to calm down and slow down. And so the overwhelm was almost my teacher. And, and so I didn't feel quite as highly sensitive to the world. And, and it was odd. I was, you know, doing that, I felt, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> I'm, I, I like it, but then it's so stressful at the same time. And it gave me skills though, to then take other leaps, um, you know, no pun intended. 
<laughs> maybe pun intended. But uh, so how do you how do you see uh, what you do making a difference in your clients' lives? It sounds like they're highly sensitive as well. I'm picking up some sensitivity with you as also uh, that nature is is probably your your very best friend <laughs> and, and best teacher. Um, so so how do you see that show up for not only yourself but your clients? Yeah, well, so often the initial bridge into wanting to spend time outside for myself and for people I tend to work with is um, like a, a desire for belonging and for the like the fun that we see uh, like on Instagram and like those beautiful sh like pictures and adventures mm -hmm. that I think there's like a draw to experience some of that yourself, especially when um, you're someone who maybe has some internal struggles of self-worth or self-confidence um, and some imposter syndrome that often shows up. So I think often the very first bridge into that world is like, I want to like feel as good as it looks like those people look when they're on those mountaintop pictures. Yeah. And then there is often a phase of that experience where like actually the doing of the of the outdoor time, the hikes or the skiing is pretty challenging for both mind and body and, and then pokes on all of those little, those wounds that like brought us to it in the first place. Mm -hmm. I'm not actually good at this or like, this is very uncomfortable and my, like my whole system is like freaking out right now. Um, so there's this journey of like working with the, internal experience that brought us to the sports in the first place and and i would say one of the great things about going through this journey in an outdoors version i think there's lots of different ways to go through the self-growth journey but mm -hmm. the outdoorsy version of it has a lot of little wins along the way mm -hmm. there's there's lots of little mini accomplishments as you build your skill set up and those can be so empowering um, and there is potential for a really beautiful community to come out of it too. Um, lots of other people, like-minded people in the in the space, that where you can feel like you're more normal. You can feel like you're like you like found your people, and that can be a really powerful part of it too. Oh, the power of group for sure. That's so important, especially if people are coming to this work with feeling othered outside in the world or feeling like they have stuff to process and, and either can't keep up or, or missing that, that inspiration that you get on top of the mountain. I'm sure having that camaraderie in the group to lean on, I mean, that's something very special and to know that they're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it can also group stuff can be tricky too. Like one of the things that I work a lot of with my people is we call weakest link syndrome mm -hmm. which is the experience of feeling like you are the slowest one in the group or you're the mm -hmm. the one that's like holding mm -hmm. everybody back mm -hmm. and I think this happens in again lots of other environments when you're outside it's like very tangible because if you're like hiking along a trail with a group of people and you're at the back it's like very obvious that you're uh moving at a different pace than the others and that can really hit on some of those questions about belonging and enoughness mm. and uh it, it can be a really hard thing to learn how to enjoy yourself when you're moving at a different pace than the group and it like pings on some of our nervous system stuff too about survival and and being a part of the tribe from like very very early survival 
days of humanity. Um, yeah. but makes total sense. All stuff that with the skills of mindfulness and of being with yourself can be can be worked with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's um, you remind me of a couple of things with what you just said. Um, in the skydiving community and some of the the boards that that I'll visit sometimes online, there's a saying, especially with the women, that comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And and I know some some famous person said that somewhere, but it's like yeah, like we get in our heads about someone who's been doing it for several years or even maybe the same amount of time, but gets a chance to do this more and and you know is more fit or has better skills, and it's like all journeys are, you know, our journeys. It's just, you know, it's an internal thing. It's what we make of it and what we're experiencing and that we would have so much more joy in those experiences if we didn't say, Hey, but I'm not good enough, but it's really cool. What you said about it being a nervous system reaction from prehistoric times, because it is like the instinct to stay safe and survive. You want to not be excluded by the group, whatever group that is, it could be just a party group you know? Um, but yeah, I can see that, especially out in the wilderness, that really hitting hard that, you know, mm-hmm. you feel like you can't go on that extra few miles to get to the dinner time, but you've got to push yourself when everyone else is fine. And it can be very emotional, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, on top of the nervous system component of like, it, it I'm only going to survive if I can keep up with this group. There's all the social pressure too to yeah. be the be in the front and like we our culture gives so much praise to the people who can lead and be the be at the like the top of of everything and they're especially for people with any sort of marginalized identity for women and people with Mm -hmm. other like who aren't represented in all the these ways in these environments then it it, it, that lands extra hard Mm -hmm. on on you like whether you're going to be able to fit into the to the group so there's all those pressures it's like there's a lot of mindset and nervous system work to do around holding space for yourself to deal with that discomfort and then like also just naming that those are very real pressures and we do have to um grapple with them mm-hmm. seems to help too it's like if we're yeah. just feeling like i shouldn't be experiencing this if i mm-hmm. like did my mindset work right i would be like i shouldn't wouldn't be struggling is just an extra layer of struggle that we can easily put on ourselves. Yes. Yeah. What you resist persists. And, um, you know, in the the Buddhist term, love the walls and they will dissolve. So when you feel that wall, super important. And this is for listeners too, who may be facing something like this in their lives, that sometimes you just have to go, I don't like this, or maybe I think I should be different, whatever the resistance is and just go, okay, I love this because this is the way I'm going to get to that next level of understanding of wisdom of evolution, whatever presence. I'm just going to get back to my presence, which is the, <laughs> the essential final destination. You know, there's, there's really other than that, not much more, but we'll imagine that there is. is do you agree with that? That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in my work, the bulk of it is, is through movement. So it is like fitness and we do it from the living room so that it's like very easy and accessible and it, the workouts that we do replicate what you end up doing with your body in these like funky situations outside on trails and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the heart of it is like living room workouts where there's a little bit less going on. So you have more availability to tune into your internal experience, 
both to what your body is doing as it moves through these kind of non-traditional workout moves and also your mental state and your nervous system state. So mm. I, I love to use these like very like workouts or like something that a lot of us do, but use them as a tool for building these skills, both the nervous system awareness and these working with all of these little mental challenges that we've been naming so far. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, so in your, your application to be on the show, you mentioned that you've, you're very intuitive and very sensitive. And I, I would venture to guess the people that you help are also, and that you had a very strict religious upbringing and it's been kind of um, a journey for you to reclaim that connection. How has, you know, kind of what you do with Mind and Mountain been your journey to reclaim that in yourself? Yeah, what a journey. You're, that's that's totally accurate. I was brought up in a very religious family. We went to church a lot and um, had lots of rules around behavior and what the right way was to be and like from a religious angle. So so the my sense of spirituality as a young person was that it was about rules and about like containing myself so that I could um, fit in. And my journey with that involved like feeling like as I was in my 20s and young adulthood that I needed to step like all the way away from that and that like was not helpful for me. But as I started to step into some of the more challenging outdoor recreation um, endeavors, like my one of the the first one that's coming to mind is my brother and I when we were right about I was about 30. Um, we did a pretty challenging long ski race, multi day self supported. So we were carrying all of our camping gear and food and everything on our backs. And there was no checkpoints or anything. We just had like the starting point, we had to make it to the end. And it was a real big stretch for both of us as far as skills and capacity and keeping ourselves safe. Um, and I went through all of the like emotional waves during that during that challenge and I ended up feeling like the the thing that well lots of things got me through my brother was a huge part of it again that camaraderie was a big piece of the ability to make it through that but the the other things that really surprised me in that were my own um like the depths of resilience that I discovered and also the connection to um, nature that we were like very deeply within and the the um, I would call it like an intuitive connection to my body um, kind of plumbing the depths of what my body was capable of as we skied for like 12 to 16 hours each day mm -hmm. and then um, like getting to know the nuance of like, when are we so exhausted that we really do need to take a break? And when is there a little bit more potential there? And when you're like so raw with um, how much you're, you're asking of your body, there was like some spiritual thing that just like cracked open for me. And, um, and then we made it to the end. Um, it was incredibly hard, but we did make it to the end and we're so psyched. And it was incredibly empowering and I couldn't believe that it was like something I was capable of doing and that also just like changed my perspective on what I was capable of being in the world so 
Mm. Um, I definitely like that also set me on the whole path of like what I wanted to do for my work life too, because um, it was so powerful for me that I wanted other people to be able to experience their own version of that. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, bringing spirituality into the experience that we have in our bodies, I think is super important and not just keeping it as a mental idea or ideal in terms, you know, not all religion, religious uh, identifying folks are this way. A lot of times they are also spiritual, but sometimes people get so wrapped up in the rules. They don't think about how our guidance system that comes down from a higher power works through our, our literal bodies and our life force is based on that, you know? So, so I feel that's, that's a beautiful story of getting to know what it feels like to channel that energy through your body and almost overcome your ego in those moments that yes. maybe did feel like it was suffering. It wasn't going to make it, but yet you just turn that mind off and you just keep going and you keep going. And it's like, wow, there's something else here. It's not just about me or my will or my complaints. There's something above me driving this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. I think you captured a lot of that that nuance of how, um, yeah, and there is some f- strange like separation between body and spirit in so many of the religions that that um, yeah that are around, that are operating these days. And for for me, it's very much like they're so connected that mm-hmm. I feel my intuition in my body and I like lean on my body to help guide me in so many ways, both athletically and in business and in, in, I feel like this is where my spirit lives and um, Mm -hmm. that's how it speaks to me. I love that. That's beautiful that through sharing it with others and leading them on the journey, it continues to heal you as well. So Mm -hmm. one thing you mentioned is, you know, and the journey, as we know, the journey is ongoing. Uh, so how, how does, how do you feel challenged today with, with all that success, getting to know your body as an extension of your spirit, getting to, to lean into it and trust it. I know you mentioned, you know, your fertility journey, and there's some things that again, when we go body, do this thing and it just won't do it (laughs) or it's not divine time. Like there's a trust aspect of it. Can you share a little bit about what you currently struggle with when it comes to that trusting your, your body as that extension of your spirit? Yeah, the fertility journey for me has been a long and bumpy one. And it, I did not see that coming at all as someone who has worked. I work with bodies. Um, I like, this is my professional life. This is my, I've like spent a lot of time moving and using my body for, um, for its athleticism. Um, it really has caught caught me off guard when my husband and I weren't able to to get pregnant right away. We've been working at it for about four years now. Um, and it's been so humbling. Um, and really, I you know, with some perspective on it now, I feel like it was a part of a journey that really like I needed to go through because it was it's been kind of the first time that I wasn't able to train my body to do what I wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. and that, has like forced me to take a step back from the way I was approaching this relationship with my body and go get it more into the intuitive side of it, the softer side of it, Mm -hmm. the nervous system aspect of, um, 
like when I'm when I'm like when now now I think of the like I train my body to do whatever I want it to do model as a power over model where I'm like controlling my body and getting it to do what I want mm -hmm. and because the I was not able to do that with fertility um I instead had to like look at that relationship and turn it in and realize that power dynamic wasn't actually working for me and my body and the way we work together and instead build more of a partnership model where I'm listening, I'm caring for, we're in dialogue. And um, for sure that's my growth edge these days because there is a big part of me that still wants to have that athletic capacity. And I've had to take a little bit of a step back from it in the last few years and tune into a softer side and give my body a little bit more space. And I, I have the sense, I think that there, there's potential for the athleticism to come back around from a more embodied and a more partnership place. But that for sure is, um, we're kind of in the middle of the journey right now still and mm. um, learning a lot. Uh, that makes total sense. And so I'm, I'm also an artist, just my hobbies, and that's something that I learned as an artist as well, that I could try to force my mind, you know, on my hand to create or paint a certain picture. And I remember as a young artist back in, back in school, back when I was 19, 20, I just get so angry that it didn't, it didn't show up the way I saw it in my mind. And it wasn't until I realized, oh, this process has to flow. And once it started flowing, I, I literally got to where I'm just going to be in that flow and I'm not even going to do sketches. I'm just going to see what comes out. And then I actually started doing some really interesting work because I let it, I let it flow and it, I let it surprise me. So it sounds to me, you know, similar to the way we can build up our bodies, whether it's, you know, muscle or train it to, to survive long, you know, long bouts of skiing or, or whatever it might, might be you want to create life, it's got to be a channeled thing and, and, and seeing yourself as that channel for it. So I feel like that's, you're exactly on the right path with that to, to get to know that feminine side of your energy and seeing the difference is, is enormous because when we have the balance of both, as you know, we can do a lot of amazing things. We don't have to get stuck in the well, we're just going to do the, the feminine stuff and that's who we are. And that's, we don't do that, that crazy adventure stuff or like all, you know, abandoning femininity to do all the sports all the time. There is this kind of nice balance in this, this best of both worlds thing that you can have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, um, I can't wait for, I feel like I'm, I'm on like a little bit of a teeter totter right now, strengthening up the, the softer and more intuitive and uh, feminine side. And I um, look forward to being in that more uh, balanced place. Yeah. I love it. Well, cool. So as I mentioned before we began, I always love to give my guests a, a short reading. So are you okay with me going into the cards right now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, sweet. So what I'm seeing for you right now is that there is, it's, it's, it is about emotional connection and boundaries and, and paying attention to that as well, because I feel like there's a lot of wisdom for you and how you feel about going about something. So that inner yes, the inner no. And when it comes to whether it's fertility treatments or changing your diet or 
you know, kind of keeping, when you're keeping in mind what your ultimate goal is and you say, all right, spirit, God, whoever is, is guiding me here, give me the yes or the no that will help me get to what you've called me to do. You know, and having a child is definitely a calling. You know, I have some clients that'll, they'll come in with three, you know, I've got three kids and I want to do this. You know, I want to launch this business as a, as a reader and counselor. And that's my calling. I said, no, no, motherhood is your calling right now. <laughs> you know, that's so important. You're raising little humans. So for you, if you treat it like a calling um, and, and also really stop putting yourself through, whether it's treatments or actions that are, have not been giving back to you. Um, I know um, it's reminding me of someone that I, I did a reading four years ago that was trying to get pregnant, trying to get pregnant. And they were doing the, the monitoring of the temperature and, you know, counting the days and it became like a job and they lost the passion in, in the whole journey of making, making the baby. So the guidance for her at the time, and I feel for you too, there's something else here for you, but, you know, kind of step back if you can and start getting back into enjoying that, that journey with your husband so that you can kind of feel that creation coming very similar to what I mentioned when I turned my brain off, I enjoyed the process of making the art. I let it happen. And I was like, wow, that was really great. But when I tried to make it like, no, you need to do this hand, <laughs> you need to make this particular picture. It was, it was work and I didn't want to do it anymore. So do you know what I'm talking about? Totally. It makes so much sense. It has yeah. been, yeah, it's been a real challenge to keep the joy and passion and hope alive through such a long, a long journey on this. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure we've definitely at times swung into the like treating it as our job kind of. <laughs> kind yep. Of it's common. Up. It's I very common. A reminder to get back to the, to the joy and the, and the passion around it. Yeah. It, yeah. it feels to me too, like the, you know, nutrition, herbs, that kind of stuff, or maybe it's some kind of um, medicine that they have. I'm not sure, but I feel like you balancing your internal system and is going to be even more important um, to, to kind of fertilize, like make the soil fertile, if that makes sense. So yeah. whatever ways that you're kind of guided or, or thinking about going when it, in terms of that would be much more helpful. And then the relaxing and enjoying the creation process would then be awesome too. I also see a getaway, like getting away, almost like a honeymoon again, where it's not work and then, and then trying to make the baby, but like just enjoying each, each other. And I, I feel like three to six months, if you start treating it that way, it, it's going to be something that's much more doable. You're going to see some, some results that feel really good. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So you're, and you're coming out of a time too, of watching your negative self-talk. So if there's feelings of why can't my body do this, or am I cursed, or am I not supposed to do this? Um, I feel like they're kind of remnants from your past or remnants from old beliefs that, oh, well, if I'm not meant for this, yada, yada, but you wouldn't be called to do it if you weren't meant for it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So intention is huge. Relaxation is huge coming up here and, and letting kind of life have its way with you for a little while and kind of letting it go. I think, um, in the deliberate creation process or the divine creation process, we forget a lot of times to ask for what we want, take a few steps. And then if it gets frustrating, like let it go. 
and then say that's still there. Not, just because I stop thinking about it every day doesn't mean it's I don't still want it, but I'm allowing the universe to provide it now. And I think that's what you're coming into. Does that does that feel right about where you are? It really does. Yeah, I love that. And and I I know my own process too of like getting a grip on a plan and like holding on to that pretty hard. So that's that's a such a timely reminder to like do what we can and then also let the universe do mm-hmm. the magic. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Because yeah, baby wants to come. It's just there's a timing, there's a timing issue and it'll be at just the right time. Yeah. And that reminds me of when I was first starting the, this journey and, or I was maybe a few months in and really already frustrated that it was taking so long. And I did a series of, um, embodiment classes with a, a teacher who had had us like pull a card at the beginning of each of the processes. And I think we had like four, we had did like four different cards throughout the, this weekend. And every single time I drew a card that said, um, there is no rush. <laughs> no rush. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, it's Coming so around. cool. It's all timing. <laughs> yes. It's so interesting that you got that because um, applying your wisdom that you teach and that you, you know, even the journey up the mountain and through the mountain pass, it's like, yeah, if you push it, it's going to be a very unpleasant journey. But if you, if you apply what you know from that, that wisdom to this journey, it's really the same thing. And, and that, well, we'll get there eventually it'll, you know, one way or another. And, you know, whether it's, and I don't, I know for you, it's, it's more wanting to have the child, but if, you know, if it comes down to it, adoption or something like that, but I feel that one way or another, that feeling of family, you will get that. Mm -hmm. And it's just trusting that whatever way that's supposed to happen, I'll, I'll stay open to it because it's not coming my way right now. So the surrender is a huge piece of that. And just getting really present to your, to your inner witness, because you have everything you need to, to make this happen. Uh, I see the biggest obstacle is just getting back into your heart about it and mm-hmm. getting out of your head and, and out of the like, come on, come on, make it work, make it work. And, and that's going to really make a huge difference. Um, and then your higher self will go, okay, she's ready. <laughs> Let's do this. But the, the key too is to not get it, uh, distracted by shiny objects, like little promises. Oh, I can, I don't know if you're getting, you know, those Facebook ads, do this, do that by this supplement, this supplement, you know, like, so yeah, all that stuff. Like, I feel like you might get drawn into lots of different areas of maybe, maybe if I do, 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 and it's always like, let's keep in mind with what I really want and work more with my ability to manifest and my intuition than looking for this um, A plus B equals C solution. Because I feel like that's what's driving you crazy the most is that, well, they said it was gonna work or it worked for this many people and it's not working for me. It's, it's just because it's really about the timing more than anything. And so when spirit drives you in circles, uh, which is what it's been feeling like for you last four years, um, it's usually to teach you something important. And I feel that the more you embody you embody what you know to be true, what you teach people, and you you come home to yourself and validate that you can do this. This this is possible for you, and stop it with the the curse, you know, self like oh maybe it's maybe I'm broken or something's not working. Um, those kind of little voices in the back of your head, I feel like are you talk about nervous system giving your nervous system the wrong message, 
And so affirmations, and then again, the relaxation and getting back in the passion, is going to be a huge part of this. Um, yeah. And, and conserving your energy as well, I think is important as much as possible. Okay. So, so good. I love it. Yeah. That all makes a lot of sense. And, and it was for me too, connecting with a lot of the nervous system work I've been doing and exactly what you said, the mindfulness about what is happening in the back corners of my brain and how to, how to be with that and like use it in a way that's supportive instead of um, on autopilot. Yes, exactly. Cause when we want something, gosh, I know it's not working. I need the proof. I need the proof. I need the proof. And then, and what I tend to teach my clients is to tell the difference between that mental desire to, to know and to, to force and then also the fear of not getting what we want. So that kind of reinforces both of those areas, whether it be the, you know, the fear of not getting what we want, the comfort zone and, or the judgment zone. Um, but in between is the voice of the spirit that says, this is all you need to know. <laughs> just wow. listen and yeah. entertain yourself in any way you'd like to do that. But just let me, t- let me handle it or I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, when it's the right way to make that sharp turn or to do that thing. But there's just so little that we need to do. I look at it as, you know, you talk about pack rafting. So before we close, we'll use this little metaphor here. Like when you're rafting down a river, you know, there is some action, especially if you have rapids, you got to deal with it. But, you know, to enjoy the journey, you wouldn't hold on to the, the side of the river because your boat would just be stuck. You'd probably flip out. It'd be very un- unpleasant. Like, oh, there's a storm cloud up there. I don't want to, I don't want to get in that storm. So I'm going to wait because I, I know better. But if you let the boat go, the storm cloud clears, you get what you need, or you end up where you need to be. And it's, it's just, it's a very receptive journey instead of active so that's so good it's really a perfect metaphor because it's so true that even in the rapids you have to work with the water and go with the flow of it yes and something I've really had to build skills around because it's hard to release that much control to the water and also to life <laughs> but yes it's a special really kind hurt. yes a very special kind of skill <laughs> of surrender for sure <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, what a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being here today. And um, before we close, where can people find you? I am, I'm on Instagram and I love it there. So Sarah M. Histand is my handle on Instagram and my work is on my website, which is mindandmountain.co. Nice. Guys, check it out, especially if you're interested in nature and um, spiritual growth through nature. It's really cool stuff. And thank you so much for coming on the show today, Sarah. You're welcome. Such a fun conversation. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Hope to talk to you again soon. Sounds good. All right. Great. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, 
Listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.